Thanks for joining us on the Authentic Church Podcast. Let's jump right into this week's message. Now today we are on week two of our brand new series titled Believe the Impossible. Again, I'm not only challenging your faith in this series, I'm also going to share with you the future vision for this church. Because one of my favorite verses is Mark chapter 9, verse 23, where Jesus encounters a father who is desperate for a healing for his son. And the father comes up to Jesus and says, Jesus, if you can, please heal my son. You know what Jesus said? He said, what do you mean if I can? I wonder if the father was thinking like, oops, <laughs> Uh, if you can. And Jesus said in Mark chapter 9, verse 23, anything is possible if you believe God. Anything is possible. And he healed his son right there. And I'm telling you today as a church, I want this to be a statement that we believe that God can do anything according to his will. We will walk in obedience and see mountains move. We will see it fall. We will see giants fall down. We will see miracles in this house. But listen with this series. I also want to see miracles in your own life, in your personal life, because I know what God's done for me. And I'm going to share that. But guess what? The story's not over. And the story is not over for you either. So let me first ask you two questions before we dive into the word. My first question is this, and I would love for you to write down an answer, maybe in your phone. Or if you have a pen and paper, go ahead and write this down. But do you believe that God has promises over your life right now? Write it down. What is the promise? What has God spoken over your life? And and you know that he has confirmed it. It's heavy on your heart. You can't get away from it. Maybe you've tried and you keep hearing it over and over again. What is the promise that God has spoken over your life? Now, my second question is this. If you haven't seen it happen yet, do you still believe it? If you have not seen the promise come true yet in your life, do you still believe it? Because this is where it gets tricky. For a lot of us, it sounds good. Yes, Lord, I believe in your promises. But again, if you remember last week, sometimes the way God challenges our faith is not what we think. As God told Noah, hey, build a boat. It's going to rain. What's rain? Right? And sometimes God is going to challenge you too. Hey, maybe there's a business idea that God has placed on your heart to start something new. And you really want to. Like, I mean, it's confirmed. You've had dreams. You've had visions. You know exactly what it looks like. But at the same time, it means that you have to leave comfort. At the same time, it may mean that you have to leave a job where you make really good money already. Or you're afraid to take this risk. Because what if you fail? What if everybody laughs at you? but yet you know God has spoken it over you. For some of you, you have prayed and prayed for a relationship and God has spoken over you. Guess what? I do have somebody good for you and you know that, but first God wants to work on your relationship with him. There needs to be maturity. But what what do we do? A lot of us, we're like, God, okay, I'll wait for a week. God's like, a week? No. A month goes by, a month goes by. And then the next thing I know is so many of us jump right into the next toxic relationship just because we don't like to be lonely. And God's speaking, I've already spoken a promise over you. I got something good for you, but you have to fall in love with me because there's things in your heart that need to be worked on. And so I realized this about a lot of believers is that here's the temptation. 
We walk away from the promises that God has spoken over our life due to problems that we see or because life is hard. Here's a hard truth. Life will always be hard. Life will always be hard. No matter how blessed you are, life will be difficult, but you will encounter problems. Now, let me encourage you with this. In order to see a miracle, you must first have to face a problem. The devil is going to tempt you. Oh, there's problems. Oh, God, there's so many problems. God, you promised this over my life, and I don't see it happening, so I'm going to walk away. The devil's going to tempt you to walk away as soon as you face a problem. But in order to see a miracle, you must first see a problem because that's what a miracle is. It is God supernaturally coming into your life, doing something that is out of your control, meaning he is fixing a problem supernaturally. That's a miracle. And guess what? You pray for it all the time. But did you know that problems come with the package? Because God wants to mature you. He wants to show you now that even later the devil will attack you. But guess what? You're not going to be defeated. It's not over. Because God is going to challenge your faith and strengthen your faith over and over again. But I get it. Like some of us feel like we've lost everything. Some of you have. You've given up a lot. Or you've seen many letdowns. Or you've trusted people that backstabbed you. Let me me help you with this. Let me encourage you with this. The author of Hebrews was speaking to the Jews. And this is what he says in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 34 through 36. He stated, you suffered along with those who were thrown into jail. And when you owed what was taken from you, listen to this, or or when all that you owned was taken from you, you accepted it with joy. You need to underline that. When everything was taken away from you, you accepted it with joy because you knew there were better things waiting for you that will last forever. So do not throw away the confident trust in the Lord. Do not throw away your confidence in what God has spoken over your life, but remember the great reward that it brings you. Now listen to this. Underline patient endurance. Patient endurance is what you need now so that you will continue to do God's will. Now listen, then you will receive what he has promised. The devil will tempt you to walk away from the problem. But God is going to show you the problem in order to show you the miracle. But you have to believe the promise. You have to keep focusing on God. And that's hard today because I get it. Like, we have to learn patience. We've forgotten how to have patience. That's why the scripture is saying you need to endure different things. You need to go through different things so that your patience can increase. Because we live in a culture today where anything that you want is at your fingertips in seconds. I was telling my oldest son just this week, I said, you know, way back in the day, like way back in the day, there used to not be remotes for TVs. (laughs) Some of you are like, what do you mean way back in the day? What What are you talking about? Like you had to get up and push the button. His mind was blown. Like what? Who's got time for that? Because today you don't even need a remote. You can have your phone. You can switch it with your phone. You could actually watch a game, have a split screen on something, and watch the TV all at the same time. Anything you want in seconds. So how do we learn patience? I'm going to start where we ended off last week, where Moses encountered God at the burning bush. How do we learn patience? 
We learn it from Exodus chapter 3, verse 4. Let me read this to you. When the Lord saw that he had turned away from his flock to look, when the Lord saw that Moses turned away from his flock, his job, what he was doing, in this case, a distraction, and focused fully on the presence of God, then God called to him from the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. Meaning, when Moses gave God his full attention, what happened? He was called. When Moses gave God his full attention, walked away from his job, a distraction, what he was doing, his business, and he looked at the presence of God, then he heard his name called twice. Two in the Bible means fact, but it also means importance. And God called him twice to get his attention. This is going to be big for you, Moses. How many times has God called your name? But you've been too distracted by everything else. We talked about a calling, believing in your calling last week. How many of you don't know your calling right now? Is it possible? Is it because you're not giving God your full attention and what he's speaking over you? Because when you give God your full attention... You're also called by God. Listen to this. When you believe in your calling, you also believe in the promise. Because that promise from God will always give you hope. And one pastor stated it like this. He said, what a terrible sin it is to be a follower of Christ in the possession of promises of God and neglect them. So many promises for every believer spoken out of this Bible, about your life to give you confidence on where you're going and what he is doing. And God also will speak specifically to you and speak a promise over your life and what he has for you and where he's leading you. But I see this. God wants to challenge us. And the way he challenges us is this. Let me, let me ask you this. If I were to ask you to write down your faith story right now, what would you write? Was you right? When is the last time you risked it all? When is the last time that God said, I'm going to do something big in your life? I'm going to make the impossible possible. When is the last time you said, okay, Lord, it doesn't make sense. I'm going to leap out on faith and see what happens. For a lot of us, we don't have one. For a long time, most of my life going to church, I did not have a true faith story. And my question is, why not? Why not? I realize this, a lot of us can quote the promises of God out of the Bible, but a lot of us do not believe the promises for our own life individually. We, we don't, that God has spoken it over you because if you believed it, then you walk out on faith because I'm telling you right now, God also confirms. He doesn't leave you in the dark. He's gonna bring clarity. He's gonna show you direction. There's gonna be the word that he's gonna to bring to you. He's gonna to speak to you. Maybe it's a dream. Maybe it's somebody else. You ever had a God speak to you in his word and then somebody comes to you and says the exact same thing in a different way? Like you got a camera in my house. I hear that all the time in this place. Maybe I do. Don't ask me again, all right? But God knows what you need and he knows when you need it and he knows when you need to hear it. And so you need to trust that process. Trust it. But when Moses gave God his full attention, then God speaks a promise over his life. 
and over the life of his people. And he does this also by showing Moses three things, even when Moses doubted the promise. So I want to show you these few things, actually four things. So if you have a pen and paper, you can write this down. But point number one is this. God will always remind you he has not forgotten you. God will remind you that he has not forgotten you. In Exodus chapter 3, verses 5 and 6, the Lord told Moses, first of all, take off your sandals, for you are standing on holy ground. So as you would walk into somebody's house, you would take off your dirty shoes. This is the presence of God. And it's also an example that Jesus has come to wipe away our sins and cleanse us to be able to be in the full presence of God. But then God speaks to Moses and says, I am the God of Abraham. I am the God of Isaac. I am the God of Jacob. And when Moses heard this, notice this, it is then that he covered his face and was afraid to look at God. Why? Because God reminded him who he is. He revealed to Abraham, I am the God of the patriarchs. I am the God of the covenant. Because in this time, you got to understand too, the Hebrews have been in slavery to Egypt for a very long time. In fact, we talked about the story of Moses. He ran away. He was a murderer. He felt left out. He was alone. He was tending his father-in-law's flock, which means he didn't have his own. Okay, he felt like he lost everything. And the people of God supposed to be, who are supposed to be enjoying the promise are in slavery. And the Bible tells us that they were in slavery for about 400 years. Look at this. Genesis chapter 15, verse 13. Then the Lord said to Abram, when you can be sure that your descendants will be strangers in a foreign land and they will be oppressed as slaves for 400 years. 400 years. And we also see this confirmed in Exodus chapter 12, verses 40 through 42, where it says the people of Israel had lived in Egypt for 430 years. In fact, it was on the last day of the 430th year that all the Lord's forces left the land. And on that night, the Lord kept his promise to bring his people out of the land of Egypt. Now, in the original Greek Pentateuch of the Old Testament, it also adds not only is this talking about being in Egypt, but it's talking about Abraham in the land of Canaan, which is why it says 430 years. But the Bible tells us that they were oppressed and bondage and slavery for a very long time. And so Moses feels like maybe all hope is gone. This is as good as it will ever get. And we complain today in the same way. God, you spoke a promise over me, but I don't want to wait too long. I can't wait a day. I don't like to wait a month. And please, Lord, don't let the pastor tell me I have to wait a year. I don't want to wait a year. That's not fair. Listen, sometimes it takes time or even a long time to get your faith and your attitude in check for the promise. Because here's what I believe. I believe that you will not enter into the promise of God with the wrong attitude. Why? Because God wants to correct you. He wants to change your heart so that when you're in the position, because you glorify him in that position, it's not about you. It's not about me. When he brings you into the blessing, just as he told Abraham, you will be a blessing to others. So your attitude has to be right. And a lot of us are like little toddlers walking around like, God, you should. Come on. 
If you're a parent in the room, you know how that feels. Like, what did you just say to me? Go outside. Go in the corner. What's her attitude? What should it be like? James chapter 1, verse 2 through 4. Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. Listen, so let it grow. It's part of the process. This is why you're meant to face problems so that it can grow. And when your endurance has fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. Why does God want your endurance to grow? Here's the answer. Let's look back. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 36. We've already been over this, but now listen to this. Patient endurance is what you need now so that you will continue to do God's will. Because when you have endurance and you have patience and you continue to do God's will, no matter what life looks like, then you receive the promise. God is trying to show you that it doesn't matter what your environment looks like or how hard things get or what other people say over you. We talked about that last week, that God will give you a promise. Sometimes that promise seems laughable. And guess what? Other people will laugh at you like, you? God's going to use you to do what? Let them talk. Let them talk now because believe me, when they see the miracle, they'll talk later too. But they'll be talking in a different way. I can't believe God did that with them. I can't believe it. We serve a God that can make the impossible possible. So we need to let endurance grow so that we can receive what has been promised. But like many of us, can you imagine in this time, they felt broken. The people of God felt forgotten. They heard all the biblical stories. They knew about the promise with Abraham. They knew his amount of faith. They knew about Joseph. They knew about all the things that they had once in the land of Egypt. But now they're slaves. How would you feel? God, you've forgotten me. Have I done something wrong? Have you left me? How come I'm not seeing what I want to see right now? You ever said any of these things? God, am I a disappointment to you? Give God your full attention because these are lies of the enemy. And I'm telling you, the moment your eyelids lift every morning, you're fed a bunch of lies about who you are every day. And God wants to speak a promise over your life. And if you feel condemned right now because of some things you've done in the past, let God remind you right now, he has not forgotten about you. He has not forgotten Again, he said to Moses, the very first thing, I am the God of the covenant, the promise with the patriarchs. I am the God of Abraham. I am the God of Isaac. And I am the God of Jacob. And God was saying, Moses, I have not forgotten about my people. And I'm in this situation. God will remind you he's not forgotten about you. Point two is this. God always keeps his promises. Always. Doesn't matter how big or how crazy it may seem. If God has spoken it, he will always keep his promises. Exodus chapter three, verse seven and eight. Then the Lord told him, I have certainly seen the oppression of my people in Egypt. I have heard their cries of distress because of the harsh slave drivers. Yes, I am aware of their suffering. God is aware of your suffering. He's aware of what you're going through. 
When you're crying at night and you feel like nobody else is there, nobody else understands you, God understands you. He's aware of that. So he said this, I've come down to rescue them from the power of the Egyptians and lead them out of Egypt into their own, I love this, fertile and spacious land, a land of flowing with milk and honey. When the people of God, when the Hebrews only desired freedom in their life, God desired a land flowing with milk and honey. It wasn't just freedom that they would receive. They would receive this tremendous blessing that they couldn't even comprehend at the time because it didn't make sense in what they saw. Think about that. They're in bondage to Egypt. Hopefully, I can get out of here. Hopefully, I can survive. Hopefully, I will be okay. God said, stop saying hopefully and have hope in my word that will be confirmed. They spoke this at a land flowing with milk and honey. Have you settled in your own life? Has God spoken something over you and you keep settling because of what you see right now in your own environment? God is not limited by your environment. But listen, you got to believe. You got to trust. And God's going to ask you to do some things that are uncomfortable. Again, that's part of the process. But God will always fulfill his promises. Here's a few things that we know about God according to his word. The first thing is that God would never fail you. He can never fail you. Solomon reminded the nation of Israel of this truth. In 1 Kings chapter 8, verse 56, praise the Lord who has given rest to this people Israel. Just as he has promised, listen to this, not one word has failed of all the wonderful promises he gave through his servant Moses. Not one word has failed. Also, God cannot lie to you. We know who the father of all lies is. That's Satan. But God only brings truth and clarity. He is not a God of confusion. He will give you clear direction in your life. God cannot lie. Titus chapter 1 verse 2. The truth gives them confidence that they have eternal life. Which God, who does not lie, promised them before the world began. And again, God's word will always be fulfilled. Joshua chapter 21, verse 45. Not a single one of all the good promises that the Lord has given to his family of Israel was left unfulfilled. For everything that he has spoken came true. And what God has spoken for our future will come true true. Let me tell you right now, Jesus is coming back. It has been spoken. I don't care how many people say I've heard this over and over again. I don't care. My environment doesn't matter. And guess what? I'm excited about it. How about you? Because that should be a promised hope for all of us as believers that Jesus is coming back to rescue us from our sins to rescue us from the pain of this world. Hallelujah, what I go through today won't always be forever. It will fade. But I get it, because life is difficult, and there's going to be days where you wake up and you feel like you just don't have it. And so last week, if you were here, I started this story. I'm going to share the vision of how this, this church got here, how we, we got to where we are today, but also where we're going through this series 
And I shared last week that I felt God put on my heart, my wife's heart, that we were to move all the way from Louisiana to North Carolina. We did it on faith. I thought at the time that God was bringing me here for a position at Elevation Church. I was accepted into their program called the 2K2 program for about six months. I thought that's what God wanted me to be here for. And to be honest, great people, great place, loved it. But in the end, I knew God was speaking something different for me. And I realized that sometimes God is going to bring you to something without giving you the full picture yet. Because if I were to hear in Louisiana, hey, go all the way out to North Carolina to a place where you know nobody and plant a church, I would have said no. No, but because I thought there might be some comfort, a little bit of comfort in that position, it motivated me to move. God is going to motivate you to move by certain things. Do not be discouraged if that doesn't work out because God may have something better on the other side of that. But I also realized through the process, we're praying, and I shared this last week, that I was mowing one day and I told my wife, I think God wants me to start preaching on Facebook Live. And all I had was my phone. And I think my phone was busted. I had like duct tape and all this stuff around it. And I started filming in my backyard. Listen, the kids were beating on the window. Like, Dad, what you doing? The neighbor's mowing. And I'm just like, please, God, don't let me be a fool. (laughs) Don't let me be a fool. You know how many times I wanted to settle? Because things didn't work out the way I wanted them to or it wasn't happening fast enough. It wasn't happening in in my time. Last week, I I shared with you that Abraham received a promise. Sarah received a promise that the age of 100, Abraham would have a child. But what did he do? He laughed at the idea at first. In fact, he was willing to settle, if you remember. Genesis chapter 17, verse 17 through 19. How could I become a father at the age of 100, he said. May Ishmael live under your special blessing but not the promised seed. And so God rebuked him and said, no, uh, Sarah, your wife will give birth to a son for you and you will name him Isaac. The temptation is always to settle because you don't understand yet what's happening. And I started to think in my head, I'll take any position. I'll take any position in the church. I'll, I'll go here. I'll go there. I even flew to Oklahoma, came back, and nothing was working out. I didn't understand. And then there was a job offer. There was another job offer, and I denied both of them. I'm like, I look stupid. <laughs> I'm making no money. I got a family to provide for. I have a daughter with a medical condition. And that was the hardest part about it all is what is faith and what is irresponsible because my daughter needed so much help with the doctors. I believed that she would get healed, but I didn't know how to see it. Let me say this. The doctors never promised she would be healed. God promised that. And there was a dream that I'll never forget. My wife had a dream where she saw my daughter older. And there was a boy in the dream that wanted to marry her. She knows his name. She knows what he looks like. So I'm going to take him down when the time comes. I'm going to be looking like, what's your name? All right. Just watching you. <laughs> and she put it in an envelope in the baby book, and it's sealed up so nobody can see it till later. But you know what that did for me? That was a promise from God. She's going to be okay. And she was healed in the dream. What I didn't know then, though, was that there were two promises in the dream. 
Because in the dream where she revealed this to us, we were also in our own church where I was a lead pastor. Sometimes what God speaks over your life, the promises may seem laughable and you don't know how to get there. But I'm telling you, through every trial, because we went through so much, we had a, a, a night where we, we were rejoicing because we thought the trick was coming out. And I've shared this story with you guys before. It failed. And it failed miserably. And it was scary. She was ripping cords out of her body because she didn't understand why she was going through this because she was so young. She couldn't breathe. The hole was closing. They were about to have to do a whole nother surgery on her throat to put a brand new trach in. She was about to go through everything all over again when I thought she would be healed that night. And I thought it'd be okay. And I remember praying at her crib. And I kept thinking about this dream. And my wife praying for her in the hospital. God spoke a promise, but it didn't make sense in what we were seeing at the time. Point number three is this. Here's what I love about God. He has no equal. He has no equal. Listen to this. Exodus chapter 3, verse 13 through 15. But Moses protested, if I go to the people of Israel and tell them, the God of your ancestors sent me to you, they will ask me, what is his name? What should I tell them? Now listen to this. God replied to Moses, I am who I am. Say this to the people of Israel, I am has sent me to you. God also said to Moses, say this to the people of Israel, Yahweh. The God of your ancestors, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob has sent me to you. When God is declaring, I am, he's stating, I have no equal. There is nobody else that can be next to me for God always has been and he always will be. He is. And that's what he's speaking, that authority that he has and the confidence and the trust we should have in him as believers. How many times has God spoken to you and you're like, God, but I just don't understand. All you see are the problems in your head. I don't have the money. I don't have the talent. I can't do it. They won't listen to me. And God is saying, I am. But when God speaks, the world listens. The winds obey his commands. The seas obey his commands. Do you not believe that God wants to do a miracle in your own life? You have to face the problem. You can't run away from it. It's part of it. But God is going to do something powerful. And, and hearing the name Yahweh was not new to Moses. Here's a revelation for you. Moses' mother's name was Jochebed. And in Hebrew, this means Yahweh is my glory. He knew the name. God first reminded him, I have not forgotten about you. I am the God of the covenant. And in me, you can trust my promises will be fulfilled. And God is also stating, listen, you're thinking about problems, but I have no equal. And the idols of Egypt will fall. Every plague that God brought upon Egypt was a direct attack against the idol they worshiped. You better believe me, the idols of our culture today will fall and God will be glorified 
And how I want us all to stand within his kingdom, worshiping his holy name. For God has no equal. And my last point is this. God will always make a way. God will always make a way. Now, we say this as a church. We sing this as a church. We praise God and we yell, God will make a way. But do you really believe it? Right now, what you're going through, that doesn't seem possible. Do you believe that God will make a way? What if, what if, what if God's way is different from your way? Do you still believe? What if God doesn't give you everything that you want? What if God actually brings what you need instead? Do you still believe that it's him making a way? Listen, there are things that we all need to learn through the process and through the trials of life. And God is going to allow big letdowns to also show you big miracles. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to happen. And we see that throughout the Bible over and over again. Listen to what God told Moses about leaving Egypt. In Exodus chapter 3, verse 20 through 22, God said, So I will raise my hand and I will strike the Egyptians. God said, performing all kinds of miracles among them. Then at last, he will let you go. And I will cause the Egyptians to look favorably upon you. And they will give you gifts when you go so that you will not leave empty-handed. Listen to this. Every Israelite woman will ask for articles of silver and gold and fine clothing from her Egyptian neighbors and from the foreign women in their houses. You will dress your sons and your daughters with these, stripping the Egyptians of their wealth. That don't sound too bad. What did they desire? Freedom. God said, no, it's bigger than that. I got a land for you flowing with milk and honey. But also, you're going to be walking away with de designer dresses, okay? Ritz, gold, silver. We're coming to a different church today. No, we're not. <laughs> but God will promise these blessings and, and these things over your life that don't make sense in the situation. They just wanted freedom. And God says, no, I got more for you. I got more for you. I will take the wealth from your enemies that you see them have right now. They enjoy all these things. And we compare all the time. God, how come the wicked seem to have everything that I want? God says, no, 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 no. You don't get it. They have what they want for a very short time, but it never satisfies. But what I will give you will satisfy every need. And then with that, on top of that, you'll also be blessed. I'll give you everything, but you have to first believe in the promise. Can I ask you again? Do you believe in the promise that God has spoken over you? Do you truly believe it? Because in order to step into that promise again, you must first believe that God will make a way. Now, I want to make this known. God will tell you to step into the promise. Again, the devil will tell you to step away just because things get hard. And I feel like it's because we, we don't understand that in the Bible, there are conditional promises and there are unconditional promises. Unconditional promises of God mean that nothing will change that promise from happening. It doesn't matter if you're obedient or disobedient. This is what God has spoken. This is what God will do. 
This is an unconditional promise. Let me, let me give you two examples of this. The first example is that God would never flood the world again. Genesis chapter 9, verse 11. He said, yes, I am confirming my covenant with you. Never again will the floodwaters kill all living creatures. Never again will a flood destroy the earth. It doesn't matter what is happening in this world. God will never do that again because he's spoken that promise. Another example like we talked about, Jesus is coming back whether you're ready or not, <laughs> right? Whether you're ready or not, whether the world is ready or not, God knows the specific time that the Son of God will come back down. Revelation chapter 1, verse 7. Look, he comes with the clouds of heaven, and everyone will see him, even those who pierced him, and all the nations of the world will mourn for him. Amen. But a conditional promise of God is based upon your obedience. Now, here's what I love about the character of God. He shows so much grace, and we see that over and over again through the Bible stories, that God shows grace over and over, even when they failed. As long as they got back up and kept trusting God and following God, God's promise always came true. One example, Genesis chapter 12, verse 1. What did God say to Abram? The Lord said to Abram, leave. I can stop right there. God said, leave. Leave your native country, your relatives, your father's family, and go to the land that I will show you. In order for Abram to receive this promise, he must first, let's say it together, leave. Maybe God's asking you to leave something that's holding you back. Maybe it is that toxic relationship. God keeps telling you over and over again, leave. It's holding you back. Maybe it's pride. Leave. It's holding you back. Maybe it's lust. Leave. It's holding you back from what I have for you. But God's grace overflows and his love is good. And in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 8, it tells us that Abraham left without even knowing where he was going. Remember that? It was by faith that Abraham obeyed when God called him to leave home and go to another land that God would give him as his inheritance. And he went without knowing where he was going. But again, either way, here's what I love about this truth. The devil cannot steal a promise from God. He can't. The devil cannot take away a promise from God over your life. Either you step into the promise or you step away right? But the devil can't do it. He will only try to persuade you to leave because it got hard or because there's problems right now. Are you fighting or are you giving up? It is time for the church to stand up and fight. This is a spiritual war, but what God has for us is good. Why would God challenge you with conditional promises? The answer so that you can write a faith story. That's why. God will challenge you with a promise that will test your faith and make you move so that eventually that becomes a faith story and a testimony to others that are facing the same thing right now. I have a bear. He's not just standing in the corner with a teddy bear. It's on purpose. You do look cute with it, though. That's, that's great. <laughs> This is part of my faith story. This is the little bear that Gabriella received, I, I think, when she had a brain surgery. And it, it, you can see the trach. This is her real trach. And we would have to change these things every week because they get dirty. 
And that was scary. That had to be pulled out of her throat. We had to make sure she was clean, put it back in, put it in the wrong way. You could tear up her throat. Thank goodness my wife was really good at that because I just kind of held her down like praying, please, God, please. And again, we went through a lot of ups and downs. A lot of ups and downs. And we'd already seen a failed attempt to take the drink out. And I'm praying to God. I'm saying, God, I, I want to do your will, but I'm so afraid that I'm going to settle because it may be difficult or it may be hard. And our biggest fear was this. Let me share this. There were horror stories of other parents that their child was messing with it, took it out of the throat, threw it on the floor, and they didn't know about it. And their children passed. That was a real scary factor that could have played out for us. We drove 15 hours here from Louisiana. You know how many times we had a check to make sure it didn't come out of her throat? Part of the reason why I felt God saying, keep going, keep going. And one day I remember being in the kitchen and God has already spoken this promise over us. And my wife heard this weird noise on the monitor. It sounded different. So she rushed to Gabriella's room and she was in there for a little bit. And I remember her coming back and her face was just shocked. She goes, you'll never believe what I just saw. I said, what? She goes, Gabriella took out her trach and she threw it across the floor. And I'm like, why didn't you tell me? (laughs) Because she was shocked and then she had to change it. But she said, but listen, she wasn't struggling to breathe. She was trying to speak and she was laughing. And it just hit us. God spoke a promise and he reminded me right there. Listen, I know that this is challenging, but I have not forgotten about you. I have not forgotten your needs. I have not forgotten your daughter. For me and my wife, I've always held on to the promise that my little girl will one day sing worship. And that was before she could speak. God did a miracle. And the thing is, he used our worst fear to show us that it was no match for him. (laughs) So I want to ask you today, what are you going through that seems impossible? What are you dealing with right now that just seems like it's hard because God has spoken unconditional promises over your life that he will never leave you nor forsake you that you are redeemed and restored restored by Jesus Christ but there are also conditional promises in your life to move you by faith so that you can have a faith story to say with with 100% everything you got I believe that the God that I serve can make the impossible possible because I've seen it your story's not over It's not over. It is not over until you're in that grave. Every day, God is doing something new. And so I have one more truth for you. And then I'm gonna share a vision. A vision for the future of this church and what we'll be doing next next Sunday. But if you're having a hard time believing the promise that God has spoken over you right now, I want to encourage you with this last truth. We've talked about it already. God allows you to acknowledge problems to acknowledge miracles. 
But believe me, with God, the miracle is always bigger than the problem. God's miracles are always bigger than the problems because, again, Moses, hearing all this and seeing the presence of the Lord, seeing this, this miracle, this encounter, all he could think of was the problems. Exodus chapter 4, verse 1. But Moses protested again, what if they won't believe me? What if they don't listen to me? What if I say the Lord never appeared to you? Or what if they say this to me? And in verse 3, God says this, all right. If they say this to you, walk in obedience now. And when you walk in obedience, you'll see my miracle. Then you'll have confidence. Listen to what he says. Verse 3, throw it down on the ground, his staff, the Lord told him. So Moses threw down his staff and it turned into a snake. Moses jumped back. Then the Lord told him, reach out and grab it by the tail. So Moses reached out and grabbed it and it turned back into a shepherd's staff in his hand. Verse six, God says, put your hand inside of your cloak. He does that. He pulls his hand out. He has a disease. God says, put your hand back inside your cloak. He puts his hand in, brings his hand out, completely cured. God says, your problems are not bigger than my miracles. But now that you've seen my miracle, walk in confidence. Trust the Lord. And you trust the Lord by walking in faith because we have hope that something is better, that God has for us is better and his grace overflows. Every time you mess up, just don't give up. Just don't give up and keep pursuing, keep believing. God showed Moses, when you face a problem, I will provide the miracle. You know what your job is? It is not to have everything figured out. It's not to have all the answers. It is to believe the impossible. It is to believe the impossible by doing the will of God. And I want to share this today. It's time as a church that we believe in the impossible by faith of where we're going. That's why I'm sharing the story with you because this right here is already a miracle. This is huge. Come on. But what I love about it, it's not just, it's not just my miracle. It's your miracle. It's the body of Christ. It's us coming together and believing that God can do the impossible. Here's some of the things that God has already done. First of all, people have driven here over seven hours just to be in a service with us. We've seen multiple salvations and baptisms. We've seen families restored. We've seen counseling within this place. We've reached millions of views online and that's continued to grow. We started an outreach to feed the homeless and they're going out today. Every month, we as Authentic Church have either given or donated or helped or impacted in some type of way to outreach in this community to make a difference. In fact, do we have a list of some of the outreaches? We should show these on the screen of just some of the organizations we have been able to invest in and make an impact for. God has shown me the vision. And God has shown my wife the vision. We've had dreams. We've had visions of what this place will look like. And to be honest with you, when I first saw it, I laughed. (laughs) I had no way. But God is even challenging my faith to keep believing the impossible because this is not over. And I believe, listen, we will be debt-free. We'll be debt-free. The only debt we have as a church are the renovation costs that we did on this this place. We took out a loan for 100000 to do renovations. And if you were part of that process, you know how much work went into this place. 
already we have paid it down to 88,000. But again, I believe that we will be debt free. <laughs> Here's how good God is. I didn't even have to speak it to the church yet to see some miracles starting to take place. Somebody reached out to us in the church. I'm not gonna say who it is, but they had a dream. Before even knowing that this was the direction of the church, they had a dream. They said they dreamed that this large sum of money came into their family and they gave for us to get land as a church. Now, again, they didn't know. They didn't know the vision, had no idea that this has already been heavy on our heart. And then somebody else surprised me and my wife. Again, before I've said anything to the church. And they said, God spoke to us back in April and we wrote it down. Showed me the phone, showed me the note. And God told us that we're going to give this much by this time. And they handed us a check, the church, a check for $28,000 that day. Come on. Here's what's cool. As of right now, I said our debt was $88,000. We have $50,000 right now to put down towards that debt to pay it off already. Already. Here's what's even cooler. I didn't have to say anything. I didn't have to say anything. I didn't have to do it. These people are coming to me. I'm like, you have no idea what God has been speaking already. And so I want to challenge you. Next week is our giving Sunday. I'm not making you feel bad to give. I'm not condemning you to give. I want it to be between you and God. If God is telling you to give, I want you to give because he's telling you to. And only you know what amount he's putting on your heart. Only you know what God is telling you to give or what God is telling you to believe. And I want you to trust that because here's what we're going to do in the future. We're going to look for land. I want to pay off this debt so we can look for land. And we're going to build the future authentic church. And we're going to do more outreach. We're going to have more community. We're going to be able to have land to even have sports teams come together as a church and have fun. We're going to reach the youth. We're going to reach children's. We have this idea already that's going to be very creative in the children's department, but we can have our own youth section to reach more. And I believe that God is going to bring people because we're already seeing that. Again, God is already opening up so many doors every single week. People are traveling here because they're watching online from all over the world. And I know the vision that God has spoken to us that people will travel more and more especially as we start to build this building. Listen, here is our vision. We impact the community. We bring people to Christ. We restore relationships. We allow God to set you free and change who you are and you become a new creation. And then we walk by faith and believe that what God is providing is bigger than what we can see today. And I can't wait for you to see it. I'm staying that today. I cannot wait for you to see it and feel the same thing I will feel the moment we walk into that door. This right here is a stepping stone, a stepping stone to where we're going and what God has for us. We hope you enjoyed this week's sermon. If you've been blessed by this message, be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss future messages. And if you feel led to give to this ministry, check out the link in the description and see the other ways you can get connected.